morning, church. How are you? Come on, glory to God. Somebody give the Lord praise. No, come on, I said somebody give the Lord some praise. Yes. God is so good. God is so good. All the time and all the time. Amen. Amen, amen. God is doing something, man. God is up to something. And I, I, I mean, I kind of know what he's up to a little bit. He hasn't shown me everything, but I know that he's up to something. His Holy Spirit is moving. As Pastor Stacy, when you said when God's normal shows up, right, we want God's normal. And God's normal is anything but normal. When God's normal shows up, we'll all be out. We'll all be gone. We'll all be like, whoo, I'm done. Check me out. I want God's normal. When heaven invades earth. I want heaven. I want the reality of heaven. I want the reality of God's presence to invade this space. Does anybody want the reality of heaven to invade this space? I want the reality of heaven to invade this space when God's presence shows up and it's here. But in greater measure, ever in greater measure, ever greater measure, I want more of what God is doing. God is doing something and it's awesome. It's so good. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I'm a mess. We'll get through. Hey, we're in the serving series. Today's, today's the last day for me to wrap this up. And as I prayed about what I would share this week, I was led away from talking about the serving um, series that we're in. So I'm going to say one thing about serving today, and then I'm going to move on to the message. Today's message is entitled Peace, which it's not about serving. But there's one more thing that I want to mention to you about serving, and I did already mention this, but I didn't make a big deal about it, so I have to mention it again. And here's the point. Here's my last point that you need to know about serving, and it's from the opposite perspective. It's from those that we help. Here's the point. Are you ready? I'm building excitement so that you'll remember it. A whole message boiled down into one thing. Here it is. Ready? You don't look like you need help. I'm going to say it again. You don't look like you need help. I said this is the opposite side of serving, right? So I'm someone who serves. And if I'm here to serve you, you don't look like you need help. Because, man, you're doing really good. And from this side of the equation, you look like you're doing awesome. So I'm not going to offer to help. You guys are checking with me here? Is this all registered? Hear me, hear me, hear me. If you got it, if it's good, so, somebody say amen. amen. All right, that's most of you. That's most of you. A couple more. Let me, let me go on for a little bit here. My, when my wife and I had four little kids, we had four kids in three and a half years. <laughs> yeah, yes, the true story. Four kids in three and a half years. We looked good on the outside. When we came to church, we looked good. But dear Lord Jesus, the effort that it took for us to get here, we needed help. We needed help. But we didn't look like we needed help. And so because we didn't look like we needed help, and because we didn't ask for help, guess what we got? We got no help. <laughs> we got some help. My parents helped. Her parents helped. Cousin, uh, brothers and sisters, lots. We've had, we had help. But I'm telling you what, we could have used more help. 
And so if you look to the left and you're right and you see somebody with some little kids, they need help. They won't ask for help, but they need help. Volunteer to babysit just one night a, a year. Like if three people were to ba- volunteer for somebody right, three, three times throughout the year, that family can get out three times a year just because someone here said, hey, I'm going to babysit for somebody, right? It's help. It's help. We need help. Ask for help. I'm here right now. I'm going to ask you for help. I need help. Guys, I need help. Can I have an engage card? I gave mine away too. On the back of your engage card, it says, sign me up to serve on. I need help. I need help. Here in the church, I need help. I'm, I'm in charge of everything that happens here, but I don't do everything that happens here. I'm a master delegator, honestly. I really, I'm, I'm really good at it. I give other people things to do, and then I let them do them, and then after they mess it up, I'm like, hey, you should have done it this way instead, and we learn. And it's great. I'm really good at delegating, and you did a great job, even though you could have done better, and this is how we're going to do it better next time. <laughs> I need help. Sign up to serve on any team. Somebody, somebody sign up for uh, maintenance. We need to fix some stuff around the church um, I fixed the heater over here this week. We got to put some lights in in the children's church. We got to put a fan unit in this drum cage. We got some other things that have got to go on around this church. We need some maintenance. So sign up to serve. Somebody here is going to sign up for maintenance today. Uh, I need help. Jesus needs help. The kingdom of God needs help. Here you go. Thank you. All right. That was my last point on I want you to serve. Today I want to talk to you about peace. As I prayed this week and I, and I sought the Lord about the message, this last message in serving, I got nothing. But what the Lord really impressed upon me is that you need to talk to the people about peace because they need to have peace. We need to walk in peace. The days that we live in are anything but peaceful. And if you're watching the news at all, you're being stirred up in your spirit and peace can be very hard to apprehend if you're not used to walking in it. And so today I want to talk to you about peace. Peace. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is an expression of the kingdom. When you're living from the kingdom, you will have joy. You will have peace. How do we live from the kingdom? We live from the kingdom by living in the spirit, by allowing the spirit to live in us and work through us, and by fellowshipping continually with the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we should all have peace in every situation. No matter what happens, no matter where we find ourselves, we should have peace. Peace is not the absence of controversy. Peace is not the absence of turmoil. The peace is not the absence of trials. The peace, peace is not the absence of wind and waves. Peace is not when everything's just calm and smooth. That's not peace. It's the world's peace, but that's not the peace that Jesus gave us. That's not the peace that we're called to be in. The peace that we're called to be in is peace in the middle of the storm. The winds can rage. The winds can can roar. And it will mean nothing to me. And I will stay as calm as ever because I have the peace of God. You can't steal my joy. 
because you can't take my peace because it's not founded in anything that is in this world. My peace is founded in heaven. My peace comes from up there, from heaven. It comes from there. Peace has a name. Peace has a name. His name is Jesus. If you know Jesus, you will know peace. If you have no Jesus in your life, you will have no peace in your life. How much Jesus do you have in your life? Just how much peace do you have in your life? When events around you unfold and unravel, what's your response? We're just taking your pulse right there. We're just taking your temperature right there. When everything unravels and, right, it all goes down, what's your response? What's your response? How do you respond when that happens? How do you react? We should never react. We should only ever respond. How do you respond? Do you respond with reaction? <laughs> the anger of God does not bring about the righteousness. The anger of man does not bring about the righteousness of God. We need to have peace in the storm. We can look at the events swirling around in the world, and what is our reaction? You know, just a little bit ago when this whole Russia-Ukraine thing was building up, Right? It was building up. It's kind of on the, on the way down now. But as it was building up, whew, give me a second. I'm going to grab a glass of water here. God's moving. And I'm thirsty. I want more. I'm hungry for him. When the, when the events in Ukraine started to explode, different people started coming to me, and they're like, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Did you hear about this? Did you hear what the Russians are doing? Did you hear what this one said? Did you hear what's going on here? Did you know what they're doing? They're doing this, they're doing that. This one says, this one says it's going to turn into World War III. This one says we could see this go on in China. This one says this and that. This one says this and that. This one says this and that. And I'll tell you what, right now, there is no end. The, the news, it's 24 hours a day, and it's on 37 channels. And you can bathe yourself in what is exactly going on and what every single person's opinion is about it. But that's not where you're going to get peace. You're never going to get peace in the midst of the storm by looking at the wind and the waves. You only get peace in the midst of the storm by fixing your eyes on Jesus. He's always the answer. And he is our peace. And so we need to take our eyes off of the wind and the waves, and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. When you heard about the news that Russia was invading Ukraine, this is just the latest. I mean, we could go on. We could talk about COVID. We could talk about anything you want. There's always something to talk about. The Will Smith, Chris Rock slaps. <laughs> Controversy. This is, all, this is all they want to talk about. Why? Because it'll bring people back to watch more. If we can make them afraid, then they're going to have to tune in again to try to get their fears lessened, but we'll just make them more afraid. And then next thing you know, you're a fish on a string. Yeah. All right, so listen, I had a bunch of people bring me news about Ukraine, and so it's all going down, it's starting to ramp up, and so I stopped, and I just stopped the conversation. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up, wait up, hold up, wait up. What did God say is going to happen? This one, 
This one said World War III. This one said China's going to join. This one said, what did God say? Did you ask him? You told me what was going on in Ukraine. Did you pray to him about it? Starts going on. First thing I do, first thing I do. Lord, what's going on here? No answer. Lord, what's going to happen here? And then the Lord answers me and he says, you're going to look back in a year and this will be a small skirmish. I'm not, I don't want to downplay the atrocities of what happened. Right now, even as Russia pulls back from Kiev, some of the things that have gone on there are unspeakable. They're war crimes. I hope that Russia is held accountable for these things. I'm not saying that it's okay. But, when I want to, what, but the point that I want to make is that it's not going to turn into World War III. This one didn't join. That one's not joining. It didn't go the way that all of the pundits thought that it would. We need to stop listening to the pundits, and we, lead, we need to listen to him who holds it all in his hands. And even if it were to go the way of World War III, even if that's what he spoke to me, we still trust in him. Why does he do these things? I don't know. I've stopped asking why. Are you spending more time talking to God about the problems, or are you spending more time researching the issue? You know what? If I just find out more about what's going on, if I just find out more about what's going on, I just need to know more about what's going on. No, that's going to fight against your peace. Your peace is going down, 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 down. Because there's not a news channel in the world that's bringing hope. Not one. I've looked at them. Even the, even the whatever, whatever side you're on, none of them bring hope. They all bring fear because it brings you back. So we need to stop listening to the media. We need to stop listening. I'll go one step further. We need to stop listening to the propaganda. If we think we're going to have any measure of peace. Peace is our privilege. Peace is a privilege that we get for being a son and a daughter of God. But we have to walk in it. We have to make the choice. John 14 says this, These things I have spoken to you while being, Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, Neither let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus, watch this, guys. Jesus gave us his peace. We're not talking about, like, I got some peace. No, we have Jesus' peace. We have Jesus' peace. Are you walking in Jesus' peace? What does Jesus' peace look like? Let me ask you this. What was Jesus afraid of? 
What got Jesus worried? What got Jesus stressed out? What caused Jesus to be like, homo, I don't know what I'm going to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. What got him worried? What got him afraid? What got him stressed? What got him concerned? What got him? Nothing. Why? Because he knows he who holds the earth and the stars and everything else in his hands. Do we know him? You know, uh, uh, We talk, about, we talk about, I'm constantly talking about the Bible with everybody. This week, my wife, she brought me some awesome scriptures, and it was revelation for her, and I get to share it with you, and so I'm just blessed to have her in my life. And so I want to give her credit. She's found it. She saw it. She spoke to me about it, and here it comes. At the beginning of Job, <laughs> watch this, guys. At the beginning of Job, God said, or God said, is there none, there is none righteous in all the earth, like Job, right? He's saying this, right? He, God's bragging about Job. He says, have you considered, hey, have you considered my, my servant right here, Pastor Matt? There's none like him in the whole of redeeming love. Nobody. Check him out. Thanks. Thanks, Lord. Come Satan. God's bragging on Job. There's nobody like him. And then at the end of Job, last chapter, last thing, God, last thing that Job says back to God before God gives his last dissertation. Job says this. Watch. Job says, I thought I knew you. What? Job says, I thought I knew God. I didn't know you at all. Whoa. God's bragging on Pastor Matt, and, and then the trial's coming, and then on the other side of the trial, I'm saying, like, I thought I knew Jesus. I don't know Jesus at all. There is always someplace deeper for us to go. There is always something more for us to know to the point where we're walking on water. I'm not there yet. Praise the Lord. Jesus gave us his peace. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. What troubles you? What worries you? Oh, really? We're going to talk about worry? We can't get to peace if we're worried. What are you afraid of? What fears are you allowing in your life? What do you allow to trouble you? Matthew 6 says this, Therefore I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry. It's a command from Jesus. How many of us still worry? Don't raise your hands. I know, I know it's most of us. God delivered me from worry. I don't worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Is not your body more than about food and your body more than about clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor they reap nor they gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? The NLT says there, who of you by worrying can add one moment to their life? 
Do you think all your worrying is going to add one moment to your life? All of your worrying won't change one single bit of one single thing. All it does is steal the joy from the present. That was good, and you missed it. Worrying will not add one single moment to your life, but what it does is it steals the joy that you have to walk in in the present moment. Worry steals joy. Stop worrying. Get joyful. Look at this. It says, are you not of much more value than the birds? Do you believe it? We read it, but did you believe it? God cares for the birds. Who here feeds the birds? How many people put bird seed out in a bird feeder, right? right? If you stopped doing that, God would feed them a different way. He has for thousands of years. They're not dependent on you. They're dependent on him. God loves those birds. Not one sparrow falls and dies and falls to the ground without his knowing. How much more valuable are you? You are, oh, come on, guys. You are the apple of his eye. You are the treasure of his heart. You are created in the image and the likeness of God, not the birds. Not the birds. It's not, it's not the dog either, right? Just because dog is God spelled backwards doesn't mean that God's his, dogs are God's favorite. They may be your favorite, but they're not his favorite. You're his favorite. How much more, oh, you dog lovers, how much more, how much more does God care for you if he's going to care for the birds of the air? A little sparrow, a little chickadee. Chirp, chirp. Do we believe it? I know we read it, guys. Do you believe that God cares for you more than the birds? Do you believe that he provides for you more than the birds? More than the birds. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Even when he provided a fish for Jonah and the provision was the inside of a fish's gut, that was the provision of the Lord for Jonah for that moment so that he wouldn't die of asphyxiation beneath the water. Don't run from God. You won't have to deal with the fish's gut. Continuing in verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor they spin, yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. I thought about this scripture as I walked, as I ran on the beach while I was visiting Pastor Steve in, in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, and so I'm running, on the, I'm running down the beach, and there's a song, and it says, If he, clen, if he, uh, um, if he clothes the lily, how much more will he clothe me? And so I'm running, and I'm just singing the song, and I'm meditating on the song. If he clothes the lilies, how much more will he clothe me? If he clothes the lilies, how much more will he clothe me? If he clothes the lilies, and I'm a plant guy, ran a nursery garden center for 20 years, worked in it for 10 years before that and 15 years before that. So I know plants. I can, I can picture what they look like immediately. And so as I'm running down the, 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 the beach and I'm, if he clothes the lilies, how much more will he clothe me? 
All of a sudden, I see this picture in my mind, this, this specific flower, this oriental lily. Actually, it's not this specific variety, slightly different variety with a little bit more um, white in the petals so that you can see the little spots a little bit better. But it's, it's this, same thing, picturing this. My picture was a little bit different, but this is the, I, I snapped this photo uh, last week at the Garden Flower Show. He did that for the grass. He thinks that much of the grass that grows on the field that we walk on. The grass needs to look like this, God said. What? That's pretty extravagant, God. I've made mention of my suit coats that I've gotten before, and I won't go into it, but I kind of... Every once in a while, as I'm putting them on, I feel a little guilty because they're really expensive. I got one for one, two of them were gifts. (laughs) If I had to pay them out of pocket, I would have never had them. But now I've got them. And so should I I not wear them because they're expensive? No. If he clothes the lilies, how much more will he clothe them? Even Solomon, in all of his glory, wasn't this beautiful, wasn't this spectacular. Let's zoom in a minute. Look at that. Look at the little spots. Look at the little detail. Look at the orange on the little stamen right there. Wow. Look at the little purple up at the top of the the pistol. You guys know what flower parts are? You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Isn't that incredible? God did that for the grass. Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. Solomon had riches like you just couldn't even count how rich he was. Solomon had everything. Solomon had every provision. And even he, arrayed in all of his splendor, wasn't as beautiful as this. So I have now, now I have no concern. I'll never feel bad about wearing my expensive coats ever again. Not going to feel bad. Why? Because God gave them to me. He wants me to wear them. He wants me to look beautiful, just like the lily. Thank you. You agree. <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus. You guys are so much fun. I love you all. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all of these things the Gentile seeks after. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. God knows that you need them. Every single thing that you need will be given to you. Things that you want, you may have to pursue. God will give you every single thing that you need. Listen, I've been young and now I'm old. Middle-aged, Pastor Tom would say. I've been young and now I'm old. And one thing that I've not seen, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. I can declare, I have been young and now I am old. And I have not seen one day where his righteous people lack. Come on. So what are we worried for? You may not have everything you want, but you'll have everything you need. There's one thing that I want. All of these things, clothing and food. Listen, I'm a foodie. I like good food. I like, one of the best things about this coat, guys, is that it was made for me, specifically cut for my body. He came in and he measured me. 
The tailor came in and he took measurements and he said, this will fit you really well. And let me tell you, once you put on a, a, a handmade, you know, specific coat, nothing else will do. I got home and I threw out three other coats. <laughs> it's like driving a Ferrari, nothing else will do. He's like, when, when, he, when he made me the coat, he's like, you're not going to like me. Like, you're going to be so in love with this, you're going to want them all to feel like this. And I do, and I love food. And all of that means nothing. I've only got one thing that I want. And money can't buy it. I want more of the presence of God. And it's here, and it's coming in ever greater measure. God's doing something in this building. God's doing something in this house. The Spirit of God is exploding. We're, you get ready because we're about to have a testimony service where all we do is stand up and we bring one testimony after another for the whole amount of time that we're able to be here. We're just going to share testimonies because that's what God's doing. That's what God's doing. You know what my heart is? We're pursuing healing. We've been pursuing healing for a long time. You know what my, you know what my heart is? God gives you the desires of your heart. You know what my, the desire of my heart is? The desire of my heart is that at least once in my life, and it's coming, I think it's coming soon, and maybe it'll happen multiple times, and I'll be okay if it does. At least once in my life, I want to see every single person in the house that walked into the house that day, every single person leaves healed 100%. That's what, I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm contending for. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm asking God for. That's the desire that he put in my heart. And so I'm, I, I will give him no rest until I see that day. Why are some people healed and others not? We don't know. But I know that there is a day that's coming where everyone will be healed, the whole house. It happened for Jesus and I said, well, he's the son of God. I don't know if I can, you know, ask for that. But then it happened with the disciples. And I said, if it happened for the disciples, it can happen for me. Just put my name on the list. I'm in that line. Some get in line for patience and some get in line for joy. I'm getting in line to see every single person that comes to the church healed. No exceptions. All right. I lost my place. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. You seek after God, and you seek after doing right for him, and he's going to give you every single thing that you need. You will lack for nothing. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. April 4th will worry about April 4th. You let April 4th worry about April 4th. Today is April 3rd. You enjoy April 3rd. You enjoy April 3rd at 11.20 a.m. One of the things we told our kids when they were young and they were growing up, we said, hey, listen, don't you be wishing to be 15 when you're 14, and don't be wishing to be 16 when you're 15, and don't be wishing to be 21 when you're 18. Don't always be wishing for the next year because before you know it, you're going to be old and gray. So enjoy the day that you are and the year that you are. You're 14. You'll never again be 14 years old on April 3rd. This is the last chance ever you'll get to be 14 years old on April 3rd if you're 14 years old. This is the last day of my life that I'll ever get to be 48 years old on April 3rd. I'll never get this opportunity again. So I'm going to live the best April 3rd of a 48-year-old's life ever. Come on. April 4th? April 4th will worry about April 4th. I'm not going to worry about April 4th, but when April 4th comes, I'm going to live the best April 4th that a 48-year-old had ever lived. 
And I'm not going to worry about April 5th because April 5th will worry about April 5th. This is scripture, guys. I'm not pulling this out of thin air. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Say that again. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Every, every day is going to have trouble. Every day is going to have trial. Every day is going to have circumstance. You know, there's a secret to walking with God, and it's, it's not a fun secret. It's not a secret that's regularly embraced. But there are levels of relationship with God that can only be acquired through suffering. There are things about Jesus that you can't discover any other way than by going through a trial, than by going through some suffering. Paul talks about it. Paul says, I would much gladly rather suffer that I might know Christ. All right, we got to keep moving. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I like that better than patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We get peace from Jesus. We get peace from the Holy Spirit. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's our source of peace. If we live in the Spirit, if we're living with the Holy Spirit, guys, then we should be walking in the Spirit. We should be demonstrating everything that the Spirit has given us so when the trial comes, we should have peace. Luke 10. Jesus said to them, the harvest is truly great. Watch what he does here. This is, he gives them instruction. We don't know. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest send out laborers into his harvest field. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Uh-oh. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Here we go. Watch this. But whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. And if not, let it return to you. So Jesus gave this instruction to the 70. How many of you have tried this? Why not? Jesus told us to do it. Walk into a room and say, peace, and let it rest. And if it doesn't rest, let it come back to you. Jesus told his disciples to do this. We should do this. Has anybody here ever seen this done? I, I've seen it done. Am I the only one? All right, so you don't actually have to literally say peace. You can actually just walk into the room and let your peace go and let it settle. And if it doesn't settle, it comes back. Has anybody tried this? A couple of hands going up. All right, now that I took the words away, right, you don't have to say it. A couple more hands go up. I've seen this happen. I've seen it. I've done it. We should do it. But if you want to see it, guys, you have to look with your spiritual eyes. You can't look with natural eyes. You can, there are some things that will happen in the natural, right? So you're in, let, let, you're in this room, and there's commotion, and there's things going on, and there's swirling going around. And all of a sudden, somebody just walks into the room, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And all of a sudden, 
They, they want to know what's going on. And so the story begins. And by the end of the story, everybody's calm. What happened? Someone just walked in the room that had peace. That someone should be you. That someone should be you. Every time you walk into the room. Now, it's not going to rest everywhere as you go because Jesus told them, if it doesn't rest there, take it back. Take it back. When we walk into the room, guys, as Christians, when we walk into the room, we need to be able to set the tone. We need to be able to set the spiritual atmosphere no matter where we are. Our home, market, Walmart. Do I need the Holy Spirit to, to, to go to heaven? Dude, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Have you seen the place? <laughs> Have you seen some of the characters that hang out there? Peace. Peace. I'm in the parking lot. Dear Lord Jesus, somebody's going to... Peace. Peace over that vehicle that's raging. Peace as I'm driving down Hoosick Street. Peace as I'm driving up Hoosick Street. Peace over Hoosick Street. We need a new location. We need to get off. God get us off of Hoosick. God get us off of Hoosick. We've been praying for a new church for years. It's coming. When we do this, we need to do it by faith. We need to do it with confidence. If you're going to walk into a room and you're going to change the spiritual atmosphere in the room, you need to do it by faith and you need to do it with confidence. If you have doubt or unbelief or insecurity, it will not work. If you have doubt or unbelief or insecurity, it will not work. And even if you don't have doubt or unbelief or insecurity, it still may not work. But if you have those things, then it's definitely not going to work. It's difficult for us to walk in peace when we have insecurity. Insecurity attacks our identity. Our identity comes from Jesus, and Jesus is our peace. And so if we struggle with insecurity, then our identity hasn't been founded in him. And if we're not founded in him, then we can't give out the peace that he's given us because we haven't acquired it right. If we had Jesus' peace, we'd never struggle with insecurity because insecurity is dependent upon its surroundings to feel good. Insecurity is dependent upon the atmosphere. See, People that deal with insecurity are dependent upon their atmosphere. People that walk in peace don't, don't care what the atmosphere is like. As a matter of fact, I do care what the atmosphere is like. I want to influence it. I never want it to, I never want it to, to be anything other than peaceful. I always want to bring the peace of Jesus into that place because if there's not peace there, then the gospel won't effectively be shared in those places most times. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse, verse 5 says, uh, we need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We think thoughts, we need to take those thoughts captive. They're not of God. We need to take those thoughts captive. They're not of God. They're not okay. I want to read this to you guys. This is um, a, a little thing that Andy, Andy Stanley had wrote and written. And so I want to read it to you. It says uh, from Andy Stanley, sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk of COVID, looting, brutality. This was from April um, 13th, 2021. 
Sometimes I want it to stop. Talk of COVID, looting, brutality, I lose my way. I, bec I become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I met an 87-year-old man who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said to him that 2020 must be an especially challenging year for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes, I learned a long time ago not to see the world through printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. We love big at redeeming love. Therefore, I choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Father loves his children today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside today. He patted my hand. An old man makes a new friend. His words collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether that I had been holding tight. They float away, and I am left with a renewed spirit and a new way to write my own headlines. Guys, we need to let worry go, and we need to be a people that write our own headlines. We need to write our own headlines. I love my wife, and my wife loves me. That's a headline worth writing home about. I have the best discipler. That's a headline worth writing home about. I have great disciples under me. Jesus loves me. These are the things that are worth writing home about. Nancy has her kidneys healed by God. Come on, let's talk about some headlines. I'm going to declare his goodness. I'm going to declare his faithfulness. I'm going to focus on what he has to say because it's the most important thing. I'm going to write a headline. The God of heaven loves me. He loves me. There's no better headline that we could write. Write it down. Post it on your door. Put it on your fridge. The God of heaven loves me. So we read how Jesus instructed us to release peace. Then he does this. He, John chapter 20, after he's been resurrected from the dead, he's come back to life. And he shows up and starts talking to his disciples, right? It says, um, that same day being even the first day of the week when the doors were shut for the disciples were assembled, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Every other translation, by the way, says where the doors were locked and amplified says where the doors were barred, right? So they took the door and they had cliffs on the door and they put a bar across it so you just couldn't get in. It's impossible to get in. So the doors are locked and Jesus comes and he stands in the midst of them. He wasn't there, now he's there. So he either walked through a wall or he just appeared to them. And he says to them, peace. Imagine if you will, I come walking through the wall. I'm not here. And then all of a sudden I'm here and I'm like, peace. And they're like, ah. The disciples are terrified. Luke's gospel says that they're terrified. And then if... I'm going to jump over to Luke's for a minute, and then we'll come back to, 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 uh, to John. Luke says that he's like, hey, look, it's me. Check, my, check out my hands. Check out my side. He's like, it's me. I'm not a ghost. They think he's a ghost. He's like, I'm not a ghost. Can a ghost eat? Can a spirit eat food? Give me some. Then he's like, hey, do you have any food? 
they're still wigged out. And he's like, do you have some food? Like, can we just sit and eat? So then they, then they finally were like, wow, it's really him. So then he does it again. He's like, peace. He's doing what he told them to do. He's releasing his peace. The first time it didn't stick. He's like, peace. And they're like, ah. And so his peace went right back. And he's like, all right, we need to check with these guys because they're terrified right now. So then he's like, peace. Like, oh, I got it. Took him a minute. Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And then he said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also sent you. And when he had breathed on them, and when he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to end with this scripture right here. If I could have the piano player come up so that we can get ready to take communion. Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for what? Be anxious for some things. Be anxious for nothing. Be worried about nothing. But in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Can you take that piano down just a hair? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Did you pray about Ukraine? What answers did you get? When you went in to pray, did you leave the prayer meeting the same way that you went in? Did you leave it just as anxious? Did you leave it just as worried? Did you leave it just as frustrated? Because we shouldn't. Every time we make an encounter with God, we should always come away changed. When we go to a prayer meeting, we should cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. He'll take the weight. When we pray and we ask God for something, do we trust that he's going to answer? If we do, then our fears should be relieved. Our worries should be gone. When something arises, pray. Pray. It says so. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God, I don't know what's going on in Ukraine, but I pray that you would stop it, and I thank you for stopping it in Jesus' name. I prayed about it, and then I just thank God for it. I thank God for the answer, and I haven't even received it. The Bible says that before the foundations of the world, Jesus Christ was crucified. Before God made earth to put man on, Jesus went to the cross for your sins. You weren't even thought of yet. I mean, God knew, knew you. Incredible. We have to cast our care upon him. We have to believe that he's going to answer our prayers if we're going to have the peace that passes understanding. We don't have to have the answer. We don't, know how, we don't need to know how it's going to end. If it ends, we don't have to have peace for the situation anymore because there's no longer any turmoil. We only have to have peace for situations that are in turmoil. 
We only have to have peace in situations where we don't understand. You guys tracking with me? If there's a problem, let's say that the, the camera back there is not working. If there's a problem and I understand the problem and I know what the issue is and I know how it's going to be resolved and I know what wire needs to be plugged back in so that it'll work, then I don't have to worry at all because I know how it's all going to work out, right? There's no reason to be worried at all. But God gives us the peace that passes understanding so that when the camera goes out, I don't have to know what the problem is. I don't have to know which wire is disconnected. I don't have to know when it's going to get hooked up or if it's going to get hooked up or if we're going to have any live feed today at all. And I'll have peace. Not knowing. Not knowing. And this is the kind of peace that God has called us to. How's it going to work out? I don't know. I don't know. But I've asked, and so I have faith that it will. And when I asked God about what was going to go on, he told me that it was going to go this way. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be horrific things. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be tragedy and trials and difficult times. But I trust him. I have peace because of him. Because I'm founded in him, not in my surroundings. God wants you to have this peace that passes understanding, but we have to give up our right to understand. <laughs> if we cling to the fact that I can't have peace until I understand, you'll never have peace. And you'll never have the peace that passes understanding. Because the peace that passes understanding overrides our right to understand. Do you want the peace that passes understanding? Stop trying to understand. How much time do we spend trying to understand something? Hebrews 11 says, we understand by faith that the things of this world were formed from nothing. Do you understand how that happened? Can you repeat the process? Absolutely not. Nobody can do this. Nobody can take nothing and make something except God. That's how he made the world. What? I don't understand. That's right, because we understand by faith. We have to surrender our right to understand. Asking why doesn't usually work out for us. Asking why has more of a possibility of tearing our faith down than building it up. I've actually stopped asking why most of the time. Why did this happen? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why, 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 why? I don't ask. Because number one, I don't get the answers, so I'm not going to waste my time. And number two, it hurts my faith. And I will protect my faith at all costs. It is important to me. It is vital. My faith is precious, and I will protect it. I have to protect it. How am I going to have more of Jesus? By having more faith. We have to protect our faith. And one way that we protect it is stop asking why. The wisdom of men is foolishness to God. Are you kidding me? If he were to explain it, you wouldn't understand it. 
And that's why we don't get why answers. If he were to explain it, you wouldn't understand it. Quantum physics, how many of you got that? That's foolishness to God. Foolishness. When we pray about something, see, here's, here's something that I've seen a lot, and I want to speak to it because it's important, and it has to do with worry and anxiety. A lot of times, God will put something on someone's heart, whether it's, you know, the situation in Ukraine or COVID or this or, the, or whatever or whatever or whatever, all these situations. Sometimes God will put a situation on someone's heart and we're burdened. We're like, how can this happen? This is terrible. And what do we do? We run around like, did you hear about this? Hey, did you hear about it? Hey, did you hear about it? Hey, did you hear about it? We're passionate and we're telling the story and we're telling a good story. Hey, did you hear? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you. And we tell everybody we know and we use the passion that God has given us. We use the burden that he's put on our heart to run around and tell everybody when we should be taking that passion and we should be praying to God with that passion. We take that passion and instead of telling 100 people, we tell one person who can do something. We're telling 100 people that can do nothing because we're trying to make them as passionate as I am about the situation when really I need to tell God about my situation. And then the change comes. It's all right to tell a friend or two, but we can't tell everybody. Then we just become like the media. Did you hear? 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 I am convinced that we should not know as much as we know. We are in knowledge sickness. We know too much. Ecclesiastes tells us with much knowledge comes much grief. Every time you know something, it's something more to be upset about. We need to bring our stuff to God. We need to give it to him. We need to leave it with him. And he will work it together. He will work it out. We need to trust in him. We're going to take communion today. Jesus came. He brought... Last Supper, he sat down with his disciples. He took the bread. And he said, this bread is the new covenant in my body. This is my body. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread, Whenever you eat this bread, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we remember this morning. Jesus, we remember this morning that you gave us your peace. And Jesus, we remember this morning what your peace was like. You walked on the water and the waves in the midst of the storm. You fell asleep in the bow of the boat in the midst of the storm. You had a care in the world. You weren't worried about anything. And God, we want peace 
like that. We want peace where we don't worry about anything. We remember you as we take this communion this morning. We remember your body as we take communion this morning. Peace. 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 Let's take it together. After supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. God, we ask that you would forgive us, Lord. Forgive us where we've worried. Forgive us where we've had anxiety. Forgive us where you've burdened our heart and we've not taken it to you, but to every other voice that would listen. Forgive us, God, when we've acted in ways that you wouldn't want us acting. Forgive us, Lord, when we weren't pursuing your peace and walking in your peace. Forgive us, Lord, where we missed it. God, we pray right now that you would take away every sin, Lord. Help us to know, help us to repent fully that we would be clean before you and that we would have sweet fellowship with you, God. God, I pray that you would come in our prayer times and that you would restore us, Lord. God, we ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name. Let's take it together. Stand to your feet. I want to pray an anointing of peace over everyone. Over everyone. And so just lift your hands. Lift your hands as we pray right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would flow over this body and that you would impart peace, God. That you would impart peace to every person, Lord. God, that peace would be our portion, that we would walk out of here today, God, not to worry ever again, Lord. Father, I pray right now that you would supernaturally remove worry from people, Lord. God, that you would supernaturally drive worry out of people right now in the name of Jesus. God, that anxiety would have to go. That anxiety would have to bow its knee at the name of Jesus. God, we pray over fears, that fears would go in Jesus' name, that there be no fear in Jesus' name. God, no fear in Jesus' name. No fear in Jesus' name. Anxiety gone in Jesus' name. Anxiety gone in Jesus' name. Peace to flow like a river. Peace to flow like a river. Peace to flow like a river. Peace, fill our hearts, fill our minds. God, that we would be physically unable to hold a worrisome thought. Supernaturally, Lord, 
come and give us peace that passes understanding. I, we don't even need to understand how we got it. How did we get it? Pastor Matt prayed, I got it. It's enough. That's all that needs to know. That's all we need to know, that we asked for it. God gave it. Why does he give it? He gives it because he's good. He doesn't give it because you deserve it. None of us deserve it. None of us deserve it at all. But he gives it because he is good. God, peace in Jesus' name. Peace in Jesus' name. Peace be your portion in Jesus' name. Peace, 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 peace. Shalom. 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 Wholeness in Jesus' name. Everything you need in Jesus' name. All of who he is in Jesus' name. No lack in Jesus' name. No lack in Jesus' name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Peace, 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 peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to invite Elizabeth up to receive the offering this morning. If you are here and you want healing, we are going to pray for healing afterwards. We prayed for, for kidneys and for organs. If you have any other need or any other sickness in your body, we will have healing under healing prayer underneath both screens here right after, right after the offering. So please avail yourself of that. Don't sit in your seat. Nancy was about to head out the door and she, she mentioned the surgery. And we said, no, we're going to not let you leave without praying. And God healed her. Don't leave today. It doesn't matter what's wrong. God can heal it. God wants to heal it. And if you need peace, we prayed for peace. If you need peace, if you need to be delivered from worry, we want to pray for you too. So make, take advantage of the prayer take advantage. We love to lay hands on people and impart gifts to people. So take advantage of it today. Amen? Amen. Amen.